Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Incredible Friday Fright Show. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where we provide a platform to inform, inspire, and motivate our listeners. Presenting you with amazing guests from entrepreneurs, authors, music artists, poets, and more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Sly. want to say happy Tuesday to you guys. Hope that you're having a fantastic week thus far. Um, hope that this day has kicked on off on a great and a positive note for you guys. And, of course, today, folks, we are welcoming um, who has become like family to the show. She's been on here quite a few times. And so today we are welcoming back um, author LaVon Barber, you guys. And so this time she's she's back. She's bringing us another um, hot and steamy smoking hot book um, entitled The Sideline Hoe Series. And so she's going to tell you guys all about that. And I know when it comes to being the sideline hoe or the, the side piece of what may have call, you may call it, um, a lot of people have their thoughts and all those things when it comes to that. So um, tonight we're going to delve into her mind and, and talk about um, the things that inspired of the creation of this book and how the characters came about, all of those great things. And so how you can play a part is this. Um, if you got a question or comment for her or you just want to simply call in and show her some love, you can do that by calling in at 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a little commercial, but we're going to come right back. We're going to welcome our special guest of the evening, you guys, LaVon Barber, right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey y'all, it's Coach Michelle Jackson. And when I'm not busy coaching, motivating, or writing, I listen to Bianca Fly on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And welcome back, everybody. And this evening, as promised, you guys, we are talking with LaVon Barber, you guys. And um, we're going to get her on the line. We're going to talk about this new hot book she has out, the Sideline Host Series. Um, about to buy yours truly. Uh, LaVon Barber, you guys. And as if you didn't know, uh, the beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. So big shouts out to Vibration Radio for always supporting and holding us down, you guys. And uh, before we bring on our guest, um, in honor of Small Business Week, you guys, for those of you who have a business, um, I'm asking you to send those, send that information. You can email us at the B, just the letter B, flyshow at gmail.com, um, or you can inbox me on Facebook at Bianca Fly. Send in your info, and I'll be happy to read off your business um, info uh, during our broadcast this week um, in honor of you guys who are those devoted and committed entrepreneurs. Uh, we have to continue to support and uplift you guys. For not delay, we're going to bring our special guest, on here, Lavon, you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you today? I- I'm doing fantastic. These, these allergies are, are trying to kill me, but it's, it's all good. Oh. <laughs> I, o- I overstand that. I've been battling <laughs> allergies for the last week. I understand. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, uh, you are back, and so, LaVon, for the folks, uh, this may be their first time uh, listening to you tonight. Tell us a little bit about who is LaVon Barber. Well, um, just a chick from Chicago, 
And I found my love for writing in elementary school um, while taking a creative writing class. I would also, I would always write short stories and plays with myself and my friends as the characters, and my teacher kind of, you know, prompted me to keep going. And I did. Um, However, I didn't think that it would be my career. So after college, well, my little stint in college, because I didn't stay, but after my little stint in college, I picked up my pen again and started back writing. And I started to pen Sightline Ho, which is actually the first book that I've ever released. I mean, that I've ever written, but it was the second book released for me. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> awesome. And so for you, I know you've also did some um, collaborations and, and so far with other authors as well. And so um, I wanted to ask you, what what is the difference? What is the difference in the amount of energy put in co-authoring a book with someone and releasing one solo um, by yourself? Well, with co-authoring, you definitely have to have a good energy with the person that you're writing with. You guys have to vibe together. Um, And I found that with Chris as well as with Angie. And Mm -hmm. so, like, it's almost like we were inside of each other's heads while writing the book. Like, you know, I'll write something, she'll call me like, I was just thinking it, or I just wrote something similar (laughs) to that. So our minds kind of work in the same way, I guess you could say. Um, Uh So just having having that energy and that vibe with your co-author. And they kind of help you, um, hold you accountable. Whereas when you're writing by yourself and you might slack off, you have no one to hold you accountable. So I think it's easier to co-author, actually, than to do it by yourself, but that's just me. <laughs> and so for you, um, LaVon, what do you think life would be different had you um, just decided not to continue um, to pursue writing? What do you think how it would be um, had you not made that choice? I think I would be miserable. And I say that simply because um, what I went to school for was behavioral and social science. So, of course, I never okay. got my degree. However, I still ended up with a job in social services doing what I would have been doing anyhow. And right. I absolutely hate it. So, had I not <laughs> had an outlet such as writing, yeah, I would be so miserable. Yeah. So very miserable. Social services is the pitch. Don't do it. Yeah. And I'm just being honest. I think a lot of people don't realize, uh, you know, how much energy uh, it takes to be um, in the social work industry, you know, because it's a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Like you're dealing with people, you're dealing with personalities, you're dealing with attitudes, you're dealing with, you know, heavy documentation, paperwork, you name it. Like it's, it's, it, it can be, yes. you know, truly, truly overwhelming. And so um, tonight, of course, we're talking about um, the sideline host series. And so what led uh, to the creation of this book? How did, how, how did the storyline uh, for this book even come about? Okay, so. Well, for any book that I've written or plan to write in the future, it has to be something that either I've experienced firsthand or something that I've seen up close and personal Mm -hmm. um, vicariously through someone else. So I like for it to be authentic and relatable. So this book in particular, um, it was like a medley of situations that occur with quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the first thought in my mind was to just do one book and be done with it. And okay. so that's what I did. Um, well, the readers actually fell in love with this book, and it was one of my biggest sellers, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was the title, the content, or what, but they liked that hood stuff, so hey, here y'all go. And uh, <laughs> so I did it under the premise of there just being one book. So right. by the time, you know, everyone kept asking for another one, another one, like, okay, I don't want to give the same flavor that I gave in the first book. I wanted 
all installments to be totally different. Like, I didn't necessarily want – actually, you know what? I wanted to give a better understanding of what a quote-unquote sideline hoe is. When most people right. think about that, they think of a female that's chasing out of, after a man that has somebody – it happens right. like that, but there's also times where there's a gentleman who may have someone at home. He's not happy or whatever the case may be in his true. situation. And, you know, he probably feels like we have this child. We've been together forever. I can't do this to you, but I really feel old girl over here. So <laughs> it was just kind of giving different scenarios of it. Right. So by the time I got to the to the second installment, because um, me and my publisher at the time, uh, we weren't seeing eye to eye on where to carry this book. Again, I wanted mm-hmm. different scenarios. So I brought in, for the second book, a young lady who was actually being pimped out by her uncle, um, who was her caregiver. And then the third installment just brought everybody, you know, together and kind of this is what happened in the mm-hmm. end type of type of thing right when it comes to you know the the whole definition of a sideline hole uh, and I'm glad that you made that excuse me that distinction that is not only pertaining to women you know that it's men who are caught up in these situations uh, as well and so what made you also kind of shed the light on you know this happening for to go on in a man's world because most of the time um, when we when we hear about the sideline hole or side piece or whatever, um, it's always directed to that of a female, you know, whenever we hear Right. Well, I I think that females get a bad rap for so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them because, like, the quote-unquote sideline, there's more side dudes out here than there probably <laughs> is, you know, a side chick. Like, they're willing to play number two as long as they can yeah. get in where they fit in. So Absolutely. don't just throw that on the female thinking that, oh, she's a homewrecker, she's doing this, that, and the third. No, he's a homewrecker, too. Yeah. You know, everybody Absolutely. actually is at fault that's playing a part in it, but don't don't do us females like that. We all are not like that, and some of these men are worse. Absolutely, and I I absolutely agree with that. I think that um, for a lot of us women, we know that whenever we are in relationships or you're married, whatever the case may be, uh, is the time where you're going to get more males to come at you um, than you ever (laughs) you ever have Absolutely. you know in, in and, your life as soon like, as you say that you're in a relationship yeah. it's like they start coming out the woodwork like where that's were you right. single? <laughs> that's right exactly. where were you <clears throat> and then what makes it so bad is that like you said before you have some people who are willing like oh okay i know you got a man but I'm still willing to be, you know, this side person over here on the side. So you have mm-hmm. quote unquote willing participants, you know, especially Absolutely. when it comes from men who are ready to sign up, you know, for for their own, you know, selfish benefit or gain or whatnot. And so, um, so with this book, um, Sideline Ho, introduce us to some of the characters that we're going to be experiencing uh, when folks read this series. Okay, so just a disclaimer, this is a re-release. Prior to, it was three separate books. Now it's one book. Um, Still the same premise. Um, 85% of this book has been rewritten, but it's still written in a way where it's three separate books, but just in one. But um, in the first book, our main characters are Cammie and Dion. Cammie has her dream job. She works in HR for the city of Chicago. She has everything she could possibly need. You know, she doesn't, she's one of those women, I don't need a man for anything, but then she meets Dion, and she's like, oh, my God, I've completely lost my mind. Why am I so stupid for this man? (laughs) And uh, Dion, he was with his high school sweetheart, and they had a five-year-old daughter. However, he had fallen out of love with her a while ago. You know, he started seeing her in a different light, like the person that she pretended to be. She really was not that person, but to the naked eye, if you didn't know any better, you'd swear she was this doting mother and girlfriend. And so it was, like, kind of old for him. And although he knew he had no business 
being in two separate relationships, he did not know how to end what he had at home to go where mm-hmm. his heart was. Right. So that was their their little situation. So enter um, into that part two um, story. Her parents uh, were murdered, and so she went to live with her uncle, who was a retired pimp, I guess you could say. Um, he was on drugs. Her parents were drug addicts as well. However, they were functioning. So even in the midst of that situation, she still had a stable environment until their demise. So she goes, she lives with her uncle, and, you know, he has his woman there, but she can't bring in the money that Story can bring in. So he decides to start pimping her out to the dudes on the corner. Um, she wow. seemingly meets her knight in shining armor, Drake. Uh, his mom, he had like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air type of situation. Like, he did some mm-hmm. stuff he ain't had no business doing over in Philly. His mom sent him to live with his uncle. However, mm-hmm. his uncle just so happens to be one of the biggest drug dealers on the west side of Chicago. So that wasn't really a good environment for him, but he was just really trying to come into his own. And Story would get into these situations, and every time she would get into these situations, he showed up to help her, like, it didn't matter what. So, you know, she kind of felt indebted to him. Um, I also gave the backstory of Zena, who is Dion's baby mother, in part one, but I brought her in to tell her backstory on why she was the way that she was, to kind of give people a glimpse at her shenanigans and how she was messing with Drake while she had a man at home as well. You know, Um, like I said, third part, bring everybody to the forefront, all of their issues. Mm -hmm. They can't run from it now. This is what it is. And they just had to face their demons to see who would be the last woman and or man standing. LaVon, when it comes to individuals who have relationships, but then they, you know, they go get that side piece or whatnot, why do you think it's always... Um, because not just in your book, but also just in reality in general, we hear about these situations of men and women being in relationships with someone, and then they go get that side piece, but they refuse to break up with the main one at home or the main one that they're with majority of the time. Why do you think that is? What what is the logic (laughs) uh, (laughs) behind that? Because they can do it. Yeah. Now, normally when that question is posed, the first thing that will come to someone's mind is to say, well, maybe their man or woman isn't giving them what they need. They couldn't find it at home, so they went outside of the home to get it. In some cases, that may be true. But at the end of the day, any man or woman is going to do what it is they want to do, no matter the circumstances or the situation. So in my opinion, these serial cheaters and things like that, they know, hey, you're going to deal with it. I'm going to go out here and do it, so on and so forth. Like, in a perfect world, people will just say what it is. Hey, well, yeah, I really want to be with you, but I want to be with other people, too. You're going to stay or you're going to leave. Like, in a perfect world, that would be the prerequisite. Like, this is what it is. Either you're signing up for it or you're not. But this world ain't perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. <coughs> in this book, um, the characters definitely um, have a lot of personality. And so what are some of the influences from your characters? Do some of your characters reflect some people that LaVon actually know <laughs> or have came across in real life? They do. You know, sometimes, like I said, a lot of the times it's a piece of me in each character. Right. Um, however, have you ever just, known someone or maybe someone you see on TV and like this person is an idiot like why <laughs> like that's the only question that you get when you see them and their antics and shenanigans like why do you do that so right. definitely um the character Zena was based off of someone that I know personally like you're a fucking well, I'm sorry you're an idiot <laughs> so you know this is you right here. Let me let the world know about your antics indirectly <laughs> type of thing. So, yeah. Wow. And so with, with this book, um, Silent Line Hold, I know you mentioned the fact 
um, that at one time it was um, several books, but then you uh, composed it into one. Uh, what made you make that change uh, versus, you know, having folks read, you know, three books versus just putting it all into one? Because I really think it's, un- I hate series. I think it's unnecessary, honestly. Yeah. Like, this is the one series that I did, like, unless God says do another one, there will not be another one. I think a story can be told in one book. Now, it's different with spinoffs because there may be a supporting character that people love <laughs> or that you want to really give a voice to. That's different. Right. But series, at some point, you just have to stop because there's nowhere to go with it. And right. I think, you know, there's only one series that I've ever read that I never want to end, and that's the Dollar Out of 15 Cent series by Caroline McGill. I never want it to end. But (laughs) you have other series where, okay, your head just got chopped off, but you're alive in this next book, but, you know, you jumped off a cliff, but you're still here. Like, what? You, You can't. And I think that as authors, sometimes we fall into a place where we want to make the readers happy. That's fine and dandy, but when things become just too far-fetched and surreal, it just needs to end. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what we're going to do, folks, we're going to take a little break um, because we do have some folks um, with some for some, with some questions uh, for LaVon this evening. So don't go anywhere, you guys. We'll be right back with Arthur of the Sideline Host Series, you guys. LaVon Barber right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And don't forget, if you've got a question or comment, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. If you're on the line, all you got to do is press 1 uh, to join the conversation. We'll be glad to have you guys. So we'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2, also author of the Devil's Calling Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And today, folks, we are joined by Arthur LaVon Barber, you guys, and we're talking about her um, sideline host series uh, today, you guys. And don't forget, if you got a question or comment or just want to call in and show some love, feel free to do so by calling in at 347 
326-9139 or as many of you guys like to do, feel free to send me a message on Facebook um, at Bianca Fly. I'll be um, happy to ask your questions or share your comments live here on the show, you guys. And so um, let's see here. Um, LaVon, of course, um, we got some questions from some listeners. Um, Darren from D.C., um, he says, is it hard to keep a storyline fresh and exciting when writing a series? It is. <laughs> it is yeah. because, again, you don't want it to be so far-fetched that right. even the readers are like, you know, I can't even take any more of this because I don't <laughs> see that happening. Yeah. I like to keep it as organic and realistic as possible. Now, it's different if it was something supernatural. You could take that anywhere. But everyday life, it's only so far you can go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and then we do have a caller here on the line before I go to our next question. Um, area code 925, last digits 4748. State your name and where you're calling from. My name is Andy. I'm calling from California. Hey, How Andy. It's Angie, baby. Hey, my boo. Look, Angie, I'm not gonna pick on you. I'm not gonna pick on you today because I'm struggling with these allergies. Um, so I'm not gonna. You hear me whispering, right? I hear you. I hear you. I I heard you drop it down an octave. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bianca, not gonna keep doing me like this. I wanted to call in and show some support to my girl. And tell you, you're doing an awesome job. Keep it up. Appreciate you. I know, I know, I know, I know. So, uh, so my next, my question is, where do you see Levine Barber's books going in, let's say, five years? What is your in ultimate goal? And my ultimate goal is to come up with a sitcom. Um, okay. Stage plays as well as movies. I'm trying to do it all, honey. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying to do it all. Nice. Get those coins on every avenue. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 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 So, when you your books, okay. do, you, do you feel like you want to um, give writing a break to pursue that portion of it, or you want to keep writing books until you get to that point? Keep writing until I get there. Um, You know, I struggle with if I want to keep doing this or not, and I think if I put my pen down, it'll be down for good. So I will just keep on writing through. I'm just going to write through. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Uh you know we're not going to let that happen. Uh-huh. You know, I, my, me and Idle Time don't get along. <laughs> me and Idle Time don't get along. I got to keep it going. I got to keep it going. And so, and so my last question, so what's next for, for you? Oh, in terms of what I have coming up? Yeah. Well, you know, I have uh, the book that is loosely based off of um, – a situation that occurred with my mother's best friend who was murdered by her baby daddy. So I plan on um, pinning that. Also, our prequel to He Said, She Said. And I also have another little ratchet book that I'm writing for the people that want the ratchet. That's what I got going on right now. Awesome. Well, awesome. I know you can you can do it. So, again, I just Thank want to call you. in and give my little two cents while I was, you know, on my quick sneak break. Bianca, don't I'm say nothing. Right. I, I won't. I won't. I'm not going to say anything. Look, the end out of phone ringing. You know what I mean? I ain't going to say a word. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Thanks for calling me in, Angie. Y'all not going to bust me out like that. Y'all have a good day. I'll talk to you tomorrow, You too. All righty. Right. I'll hit you later. (laughs) All right. And, and LaVon, I did want to ask you, uh, because I Mm -hmm. know there's a lot of frustration, because I know um, the last time, actually, you and Angie, on the show and we were talking about you guys 
um, collaborate collaboration. Uh, you talked about the struggles of, of being um, an author and, and getting the books out there and having to deal with people. Um, does it, I guess my question would be, do you think it gets better over time or in your experience, does it continue to, to get, to get worse? Um, having to deal, um, with people and some of the negativity that comes your way as an author. I'm hoping that it gets better. Um, yeah. So much occurs, and, you know, you have to sit back and, like, is this really something that I want to be a part of? But then you can't, you know, you can't question that simply because of something that somebody else did. You know what I mean? Like, um, urban, independent authors, do we get a bad rep? Absolutely. It's, it's, It's too much sometimes, some of the stuff that goes on, and you feel almost like you're in elementary or preschool somewhere. And that's not a good thing because a lot of us knocking on 40 and higher, you know, so it's just like, when will the game stop? When will the beat stop? When can you put your cover up without worrying about somebody stealing it? When can you give snippets of your book without feeling like somebody's going to take it? It's like nobody, everybody's for self. But they're also, you know, being underhanded with the things that they're doing. I was lucky enough to come across some really solid people in this industry, but that's a very small portion. So hopefully it gets better. Yeah. Why do you believe um, in the literary industry there is so much tension? Because – this is my thing. I, I've had, man, oof, over the years, um, probably thousands, thousands of authors uh, come through the beautiful butterfly show that I've talked to. And each one um, has their individuality, um, I believe. Uh-huh. And so why do you think there's so much tension? Because, I, and I do, I, and I notice sometimes um, I, I see authors going at it because people are, are stealing stories, they're stealing titles, they're stealing covers, you name it. Um, And it kind of blows my mind that it's even like that because it's like it's so much out here um, to Uh connect yourself to and to to put your work into. Why do you believe there's so much hostility in such a huge market? A lot of these unnecessary beefs are between people who do not know each other. And let's just say, let's just say two publishers started in the game together. They may have been Mm -hmm. friends at one point or something. Something occurred within the dynamic of their relationship. So they bring that into their publishing house. Mm -hmm. You can't talk to sit and sit so-and-so. You don't affiliate with these people. Even I have been told that being under a publishing house. Like, you shouldn't do X, Y, Z. First of all, I'm an adult. You can't tell me who I can talk to, what I can do. (laughs) You just can't make me do what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. a lot of them feel like, okay, I need this publisher. I need their following. I need X, Y, Z from them, so I'm going to ride the wave that they're riding. Not Mm -hmm. realizing how many bridges they're burning, because sure as my name is what it is, at some point, they're going to have to tuck their tail and go back for the people right. they burnt them bridges on. So Absolutely. why get into stuff that does not have anything to do with you? Why? Right, right. The, the, one, the one beef that I've ever had in this industry in the last well, almost five years that I've been in it, we were doing – we were doing a uh, a book signing. We had a janky promoter that tried to steal our money. That's the one beef. Don't play with my money. That that said, do not play with my cash. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, that that has a lot to do with it. They jump in beefs that have absolutely nothing to do with them. Trying mm-hmm. to be cool, trying to wide wave, and we're better than the next. But another problem I think that a lot of authors have. Um, let's say like sometimes people will post well, I'm, this was my royalty check this month a lot of people take that and run with it and get upset well this person can't write how they get $15,000 a month checks who said they really got that 
they can say right. anything on social media. That Absolutely. doesn't mean that, you know, that's what they're bringing in. And if they are, shit, tell me the secret. But <laughs> uh, you can't formulate yourself off of somebody else's formula. You have to find what works for you. You have to find right. your own niche. Like you said, we're, we're all individuals. <laughs> you know, we all yeah. have our yeah. whatever it is that we have, our je ne sais quoi. And if you're not going to have what the next person has, no matter how hard you try, so just do you, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Um, yes. Um, Alana uh, from Chicago, she says, um, a lot of people, a lot of authors uh, won't try certain genres. Um, are there any genres that are off limits uh, for you, or are you pretty open um, to writing in mostly any genre? I am very open. Um, and I don't, when you just said that, it made me think about this book that I've actually started, and I need to get back to it. But, uh, yeah, so I can't call it paranormal because these things happen in the world, but I'm actually um, starting a book about a young African-American woman, her and her mother are root workers, and her sister is a devout Christian and just hates what they're doing, not realizing the foundation that the African Americans were built on was of doing spiritual work. So I kind of want to give a different view of that um, versus what we think about when we see it in the, you know in the media and things like that. You know, we were made to believe that it's a horrible thing, you're demonic, you're worshiping the devil. No, I'm just healing my sick kids right now. You know, somebody grandma from down south, you probably had some type of grandma in my ear her. Come on, baby, let me put this sweet oil in your ear or whatever right. the case may be. Yeah. Hey, granny got that working skills and they pass mm-hmm. it down throughout the generation. Mm-hmm. So I kinda wanna give a a view on that, a first hand view. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um now a little while ago Earlier in the broadcast, you mentioned um, that with the the first um, stages of this series, you and the publisher didn't meet eye to eye because you guys wanted, (coughs) excuse me, had different visions um, for the book. Uh How important is that? Because a lot of people, you know, we meet publishers, um, and a lot of people feel that sometimes their voice, you know, goes unheard, you know, that they have to go with the flow of what the publisher wants. How important is it uh, to make sure that you and your publisher are on the same page uh, when it comes to your work? It's very important. Um, A lot of times people come into the industry just knowing that their publisher is going to be all end all. I'm going to have this because of my publisher. It's going to do this because of my publisher. Not realizing your publisher is there to mentor you, number one, so they should be mentoring you. Number two, they are carrying the cost of your editing, of your graphic design, and also of your marketing and promotion. It is on you to sell yourself and your product, not your publisher, and that's how a lot of them end up falling out because they don't have that worked out <laughs> from the beginning. This right. is what I'm doing, this is what you're doing, and this is what we're doing collectively. And that's one of the biggest downfalls that I see. And I see people making posts every day who publish, and I want to publish. And I always ask the question, like, why do you not want to do it yourself? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I don't want to carry the cost. It's not as hard or as expensive as you think it is. Trust. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these publishers out here are not even paying for editors. They're getting mm-hmm. jacked up graphic designers, you know what I mean? So I would mm-hmm. rather be responsible for my own work opposed to putting it in somebody else's hands. Never mm-hmm. again will I do that. Never again. You have mm-hmm. to be somebody major and really show me that you care about me and my product. I seriously yeah. doubt that I will ever publish under another independent publisher ever. Wow. Okay. Uh, we got another caller here, um, 510, um, last digit is 9882. State your name. Where are you calling from? Hello, this is Carrie. I'm calling from the Bay Area. How are you? Hey, Carrie. How are you doing? 
I'm doing pretty okay. Hello, LaVon. How are you? I'm peachy. How are you, darling? <laughs> I'm doing pretty okay. I have a question for you, and I agree 100% with you in regards to independent publishers. I never really understood the point of that, but, you know, to each his own. Um, and, and, yeah, if it's not a big five publisher, I don't understand. Like, distribution is important. If they're not giving you distribution, then what's the point? But my well, question absolutely. for you, my question for you is what is your biggest literary achievement and how does that align with your future goals? Ooh, good biggest, question. That really is. I think it my is. biggest achievement is just stepping out and doing it myself. Uh, more so than mm. anything. You know what I mean? I have eight books under my mm-hmm. belt, but only two that I have self-published. So that within itself, like I was that person that thought, oh, it costs too much. How am I going to do it? No, no, and no. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, it just it gives me the strength to go harder. Because a lot of times I do want to get up, give up. A lot of times I do, you know, just like, okay, why is this not doing the numbers it should be doing or whatever the case may be? There are a lot of whys. But every time mm-hmm. I come up with a why, I tell myself, you did it yourself. Nobody did this to you. I think when you do it for yourself, it makes you more proud, and it, it really makes you realize that you are a brand and you have to adhere to that. So definitely mm. just one bigger, better, stronger, period. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to continue to listen, but I did want to chime in and ask that question really quickly because I've been seeing you around, and I do appreciate the way you conduct yourself online. Um, yeah. And... Um, and the fact that Angie speaks for you is always major for me because love Angie to death. Uh-huh. And I'm looking forward to you guys' next project, so I can't wait to see that. Great. I can't wait to get it out. Dope already. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in, Carrie. Oh, you're very welcome. All right, all right, you guys. And so, um, let's see here. Destiny. Uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, she wants to know any. Do you have any other um, author collaboration um, projects in the works? Um, actually, me and Jerome Summers have been talking about um, putting something together and get it out there. I was supposed to start it off, but I've been having a serious case of writer's block that I just got over. So hopefully, he and I will have something for the people sometime next year, and I still have not finished the collaboration with the late, great Chris Ringo, Um, but I I think I want to change some things about that and kind of rework it, but it's coming. Absolutely. Um, And I wanted to ask you about that because not (coughs) a lot of people um, have those situations where they have worked with someone um, or working with someone in the midst of working with someone on a project and that individual um, passes away. Um, so do you feel um, there's an obligation to finish the story? Uh, even though that person's not there, yes. uh, do, is there an obligation like, okay, you know, he would want, you know, me to finish this out? <laughs> There absolutely is an obligation. Um, yeah. You know, I just feel in my soul like it has to get out, you know what I mean? And not yeah. because mm-hmm. I'm on it, but because this was the last, one of the last projects that he was working on prior to wow. that. So to actually mm-hmm. give something to his readers as well. Right. Now, on the flip side of that, where my issue, it's not an issue, but what, what I'm feeling about this project because Chris and I had an agreement, okay, mm-hmm. verbal. I have the screenshots to prove it. However, right. the last I, some some things occurred, and the last okay. thing I want people to think is that this is his work and she's running off with it. Absolutely uh, not. Gotcha. My project, gotcha. I approached him. That's the first right. part. The second part, you know, he had a family that he left behind. So. Right. That that's kind of a sticky situation because again, yeah. sometimes people feel that they're owed something. No, yeah. I don't owe you anything. You want some right. of these books? 
you can purchase some and you can sell them and keep 100% of what you sell. Right. You can do it like that. So right. I'm I'm just trying to get a get a feel for things because again, I don't want to just have it there because a lot of readers knew about the book. Right. It was test ready. You know what I mean? I still have people hitting me up like, "Yo, where's the book?" Or, "Hey, this guy jump on it." Like, "No, that guy ain't jumping on it because he ain't Chris." <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, the book is pretty much eighty five percent done. So. I actually did contact the lawyer to see how to proceed with it because I don't okay. want no issues. Right. So, yeah. Right. Which is understandable um, because, you know, we all know that even when somebody dies in our immediate family, uh, usually there's a lot of tension and a lot of drama uh, that can that can unfold uh, behind those, those type of things. And so, you know, it's yeah. always um, great to, to cover um, all your bases. Um, and know what you need to do. And so <clears throat> I know um, you mentioned that you wanted to get um, some sitcoms going, stage plays, all of those great things. And so um, for future projects um, coming up, I know um, you mentioned a little while ago that um, you and Angie um, are going to be back collaborating as well. Yes. Okay. We are currently working on the prequel to He Said, She Said. Um, okay. So a lot of people were asking about two characters in particular, Maine as well as Polo. What okay. happened? Why were they like that? So, you know, first we were just toying around with it, like, ah, no, we ain't going to do it. And then one day <laughs> we were talking, and as we were talking, I started thinking. I typed the inside <laughs> it and I sent it to her. She's like, I hate you. <laughs> She's like, I hate you. I'm like, no, you don't. You love me. But now, here goes. We got to do it. So, we've been doing it, and it is coming along well. Awesome, 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 awesome. Um, and I know that you mentioned um, um, people who are collaborating with, but are there any um, big names, uh, big name authors that you would like to collaborate with, or are you just one of the, you know, those who like to connect with those independent authors? Um, I don't think I necessarily have a big name. Well, I always tell her she's a big name, and she doesn't believe <laughs> me when I say that. But Fabiola Joseph, like, I would absolutely love okay. to get inside of her mind and do yeah. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. LaVon, if there's anything that you could tell, <coughs> excuse me, um, aspiring authors, aspiring writers about preparing themselves um, for this industry, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of those things, uh, what, what would it be? Hello. LeVon, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Um, I was saying to those aspiring um, authors and writers, um, what would be something you would tell them about um, the good and the bad um, and the ugly, about preparing themselves um, to be in this industry? Definitely prepare for anything. If you stay ready, you will not have to get ready. Not saying that you will fall into, you know, some type of author B for anything like that, but just be really mindful of the company you keep and right. the people who try to latch on. And with that, you will definitely see those who are actually here trying to help mentor you and give you the game, opposed to those that see your light and want to steal your shine. So you have to you have to have discernment in this industry, most definitely, and do your research. Absolutely. Do your research Absolutely. on people. Google is Google will be your best friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that you um expressed your thoughts on um being independent um versus, you know, signing uh, with the the heavyweight publishing, a lot of authors come in and they want to connect with those big um, those big name companies. Uh, for you, in your experience, um, has it been great thus far? Just being independent and and like you said, you know, putting the work on yourself and seeing the reward come from that. 
It is, because you know what? Even when I was signed under someone, I still did what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. Um, the only difference is, you know, I'm really carrying the cost of things. But for any person looking to write, I will definitely tell them if they can't get right on with a major, do the self-publishing thing first. You know what I mean? Like some people don't necessarily want to give you tips and information. I'm not one of those people. You, My inbox is always open. You know what I mean? Like I can tell you what you need to do, how you need to do it, and all of that. But do it yourself. Like, nothing feels better than knowing that you did it yourself and nobody gave it to you. You you worked hard for that. Like, Absolutely. that's the best feeling in the world to me. Absolutely. And, of course, um, with this, uh, what is your, what do you believe um, you want your legacy to be um, as an author, as a writer? Uh, what do you want the LaVon Barber legacy to be? I want it to be that when people pick up my work, they say she gave it her all, she entertained, she taught us something in the process, and it was never just because it was actually to teach to teach and give them something to look forward to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. And so, LaVon, for the people out here um, who would love to purchase your books as well um, as connect with you, uh, tell them how they can go about doing that. Well, all of well, all of my books are not, but um, currently uh, He Said, She Said, Dreams and Nightmares and Selfish Intentions is available on Amazon.com. Um, throughout the rest of 2018 and the early half of next year, I will be re-releasing my first five books with Sideline Ho, the complete series being the first to come out of that sometime this summer. But they can find me on Facebook at LaVon the Writer, L-E-V-O-N-N-E, the Writer, on Twitter and Instagram as LaVon Writes, L-E-V-O-N-N-E-W-R-I-T-E-S. All right, you guys. So make sure you go and cop those and make sure that you are following um, LaVon uh, so that you can keep up with her and all the things that she has in store. And so uh, before we get out of here, um, LaVon, you got any final words or thoughts you want to share with the listeners out here? Just thank you all for listening, for tuning in, and thank you for having me once again on your show. I absolutely appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely, my pleasure, and um, I will definitely uh, look forward uh, to more great work from you, and so uh, definitely glad that you're over the writer's block, <laughs> definitely glad that uh, you are back at it and uh, putting things in motion um, and, and getting things out here for the world to read, and so definitely uh, respect your hustle um, and your dedication um, to what you do, you. as well as being open um, to share with people. You know, you have a lot of people who get in various industries um, and they don't share always the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly with folks about, you know, the ins and the outs of what they're going to be um, looking forward to uh, when should they um, become an author or a writer. And so um, it, it's always great to hear you uh, just be real and open about all of the aspects um, of the industry as it entails. And so I definitely appreciate you. And uh, I know that you guys, I know that you'll be coming back on here uh, again soon uh, with another <laughs> special treat. <laughs> and so uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on here. And I hope you have a fantastic uh, rest of your day. And I'll be talking with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. You have a wonderful evening as well. You too. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was Arthur LaVon Barber. Uh, make sure you go check out the Sideline whole series. And, <coughs> excuse me, guys, um, coming up tomorrow, uh, we got Angie Liddell. Uh, she is in the building, you guys, um, joining us tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, right here on 
uh, the beautiful Butterfly Show, and we're going to be talking about her book entitled Love No Limit, uh, The Rich and Mia Story, another um, great book as well. So make sure you guys come and hang out with us tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For you guys who are over there on the West Coast, come and join us at 3.30 p.m. Pacific uh, Standard Time. And so, so you guys who are Central time, Central Standard Time, that's 5.30 your time. So come and join us tomorrow with Arthur Angie Liddell uh, right here on the beautiful Butterfly Show, you guys. So we're going to get ready to get out of here. We're going to play some GPS by Malone. You guys can go and check him out on Facebook and Twitter at MaloneMusic.com. Uh, he was um, singing with uh, Selena Johnson for a while, and now um, he has his solo career. Um, so you guys go and check him out and support him, all of those great things. And so I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, right here on the beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be good. I'll see y'all next time. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, ooh, 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 yeah. Come back to me, oh, love, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to figure out where I went wrong. Like we were finished before we started Oh, really had me thinking you could be the one But everything we did has been undone It's like you, you never really Gave us a fighting chance No, you didn't know So can you tell me Can you tell?